Oh, man, we are back for episode number two of the Bar Down Sports Report or podcast, whatever you want to call it. Everything soccer. Kellen and I are bringing it to you. Kellen, this is our second edition. We did not have one last week because I was being a baby about Iowa basketball. I'm sorry, folks. I was I was distraught after the loss to Richmond, but we are moving on to more exciting matters. Let's start off really quick in the in the Premier League here. We're going to be getting into the U.S. men's national team mostly on this podcast as their final round of World Cup qualifiers are this coming week. But let's start off just quick with the standings in the Premier League as we head into this international break. So here's our top four. We have Manchester City at 70 points and Liverpool now at 69. <laughs> 69 points, but a point back from Man City. Then down you have Chelsea at 59. They are in third amidst all their massive problems they're still undergoing there at that club arsenal sit fourth at the moment the dreaded arsenal um, with 54 and then our spurs are in fifth place somehow some way still with the chance 51 points i can't believe it and man you right behind us at 50 initial reactions to where the standings are right now with about oh what it, we're heading into april so not even two full months yet left month and a half it's it's awesome i'm loving it especially because we still have to see man city and liverpool play and that's yes. going to that, that's going to be just a fantastic matchup when that happens you're going to have two teams at full strength with two great managers it's just going to be fun and it's still amazing to see that chelsea is hasn't really faltered that much with everything that's been going on at that club and um you know, I think we, or at least I said that I think the final four race would come down between Arsenal and West Ham. But with yeah. the way our, our, this way, our Spurs, right? right. Sorry, my thing's inverse, so I can't see it. I can't do it well. But with the way our Spurs have played recently, it gives me a little bit of hope. But, you know, knowing them, they'll blow it somehow. Um, and, and, and I read an article on ESPN not too long ago, that asked if Ronaldo, current stage Ronaldo, is is the man for the job at Man U anymore. I mean, maybe. I, he's still a very talented player. and I think he could win almost anywhere he goes, but I'm not sure he's at the capability of leading a, a roster that is lacking uh, talent in huge spots right now. I have, I have to find that article and read it. You need to send it to me because obviously he's good enough against us. Yeah. He's good enough against Spurs because, of course, he's going to go out and bag a hattie. Why not? Why freaking not? But as he said, Spurs, we're, we're on our upward trend. Of course, that means we're going we're gonna to fall throughout. And you mentioned West Ham because we did talk about them. I'd be remiss not to bring them up. They are sitting at 48 points. So they're only three back of Spurs, six back off of fourth. So they still have a shot. Um, I, I agree with you completely. That Man City-Liverpool game, I mean, just – as the Premier League continues to try and build their product, it's always good for people in the United States trying to tune in the soccer to have a close race. I, I mean, I, I hate that people would, you know, become City fans or Chelsea fans, just kind of the Yankee effect there. But at this point, just viewership is is key, I, I believe, for, for soccer in the United States. That So I, I really don't care who sides with who over here but i i'm stoked i i'm not sure i didn't see when that match was but it's coming up 
it's it's not at the very end of the season it's like a couple weeks away after this international break um i will say that the thing i'm surprised with with chelsea and i'll pose this to you i'm not sure if you've been watching much chelsea football i don't really myself but i did pick up kai havertz for my fantasy league just about a month ago and he has been going off since the benching of lukaku so they put Havertz up at striker. They moved Lukaku, their huge signing, the Belgian just beast from Syria back to the bench in some sub roles. Um, what do you think of that move? I, I never would have seen that coming into the season. Lukaku coming out so hot, so strong, the name recognition, like I said, a beast in Syria. Now coming off the bench almost entirely for Kai Havertz, who's great in his own right, but it's Lukaku. Definitely something I didn't expect. I mean, Lukaku is, a, is I don't want to say world-class, because you can only so many people can be world-class, but he's a damn good striker. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some times where you question how committed he is during a game, and I think that might be partially mm-hmm. the issue uh, as why he doesn't start um, in that 11. But, it, I mean, hell, if you got a guy like him coming off the bench, like, that doesn't hurt either. That's very true. I, I guess that's what I guess that's where Spurs have been lacking, right? I mean, we play Liverpool in Champions League. They bring freaking Origi off the bench. I mean, they're bringing all kinds of dudes off the bench. Hell, they can bring on uh, Tiago off the bench this year. I mean, it's just waves and waves and waves of talent. So, I I, I agree with your sentiment exactly on Lukaku. But as I said, today's podcast is about our USA because we are trying to right the wrongs of the last four years. Heartbreak in 2018, completely unacceptable. I know people have their thoughts on Taylor Twelman. I don't like the guy, but he was, could not have been more right on his rant on U.S. soccer after we lost to freaking Trinidad and Tobago to get knocked out of the 2018 World Cup. Now, in retrospect, I don't want to freaking go to Russia anyway. So maybe, you know, we got the best of that deal. But let's take a look here at the current standings as we go into the final qualification. So there's three games left for everybody who advanced to basically the final qualification of the World Cup in CONCAT. So surprisingly, Canada sits first. We talked about them. They're, they're a feisty team. They've, they've loved to be in the position of like everyone counting them out because it's freaking Canada. eh? When has Canada been good at soccer? Never. So of course we're counting them out. They are in first with 25 points. So they're basically in. They, they would have to screw up royally. Um, for those of you who don't know, top three automatically get in. Um, and then the fourth, I believe goes into some kind of playing game. I think this round, it's a playing game against a team out of Asia to, to get in. So you'd need to win if you ended fourth. You don't want that. So Canada's in first with 25 points. Then it's the United States and Mexico tied at second place with 21 points apiece. Panama sits in fourth place with 17 points and Costa Rica 16 points. And this is why this round of, of qualifiers are huge for the U.S. because they play all of Mexico Panama and Costa Rica. 
it's not over for the United States. We play Mexico tomorrow. Let's talk about that game first. As I said, we're tied 2-2 with them. A win against Mexico, the U.S. is in. The problem with that is this game is at the Azteca in Mexico City, where I don't think the United States has won in. I'm not even sure they've won in my lifetime, to be quite honest with you. I could be wrong, but I remember watching a video about Landon Donovan's time as a U.S. men's captain. I think he might have pulled one off when he was really young. Yeah, that would be the only time. And I can't – I think we have a draw as well somewhere in the Donovan era as well. But it's rare. It is a house of horrors for U.S. men's team. Our last matchup with them, of course, we played it in Columbus. Dos Acero, baby. Always going to be that way. Pulisic coming off the bench with a goal in that one. And uh, Robinson, defender for the United States with a goal, I believe, as well. What are you looking for, Kellum? What do you think is going to happen in this matchup? We are without uh, Weston McKenney, by the way. I was just about to say that. I mean, that is a huge loss for us just as a whole. The dude's a great player to have. Uh, whether or not he's playing at 100% of his capabilities, he's just a guy that teams like Mexico or Costa Rica, Peru, uh, have at least some fear for when they're out there. Um, and not having them uh, on the pitch is going to hurt us a lot uh, unless, you know, you got to have that next man up mentality. Um, but, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I might have been the Dos Acero. Um, no, I don't think. I might, might, was it the game that we won? Did we win, did we, did we win three, two? Was it two to one? We won off of the the cross, the uh, free kick cross header, extra time, like 119th minute. I believe that was three two, wasn't it? Three to two. We won that game with mostly our B and C squad out there. Mm-hmm. So I think we do have a chance to win this game, even without Weston McKinney. But as you mentioned, Alec, we have a hard ass time playing in the Azteca. Mexico will win this match, or at least it'll be a draw. Um, but I don't see the U.S. pulling out a victory here. I, I think for, for U.S. soccer fans, if, if we can come out with even a point from a draw, that'd be fantastic. Um, a loss does not doom us by any means. A, a lot of stuff would have to go right for Panama um, or Costa Rica. Uh, they One of those two teams would have to win out. Um, but that loss, I, I, I just wonder for the psyche of this team, if, if they pick up a bad loss, say 3 nothing, and we don't even look competitive, even though it is at the Azteca, if thoughts of 2018 might start to creep in, I hope not. I would think with the four years of growth, they would have gotten over that. But, I mean, that's, that's literally like you didn't go to the World Cup. Like, so how many kids on this roster? Because, I mean, it basically is kids. They're like – 19 to 25 years old. A lot of young guys on here. We got no Clint Dempsey, no Tim Howard, no Landon Donovan. It's a very young team. Is is, is Bradley still on the squad or is he off too? He's not still on the squad there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, DeAndre Yedlin might be the only player who's had World Cup experience because I'm not sure. I don't think they're bringing John Brooks back. Um, He was a hero against Ghana back in 2014. Off the top of my head, those are the only players um, that I can think of that might have World Cup experience. So hopefully you want to avoid that big loss to Mexico, try to get the draw. So then we move to Sunday, 
7 p.m. against Panama. Um, that's a game we have to win. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Like if if they if they lose that one or if they take a draw in that one after a draw in Mexico, I think then doubts would start to be creeping into these kids' minds. I believe that's at home. Um, Panama won the first match. They won it one nothing. It wasn't a great match, kind of a slog. Um, but the United States did not play well. We got outshot eight to five. Possession was only 51% to us. Um, Panama is kind of one of those teams that too has always been a, a thorn in the side of the United States. What are you thinking going into this matchup, Kellen? What do you think is going to happen? I 100% agree, agree with you on the fact that it is a must-win game for the U.S., especially if they well, if if they and if they lose that Mexico game, definitely a must-win. If they draw. A little more forgiving, but I, I still I still think in almost all cases this is a must-win game, and I think I I actually think a loss to Mexico might help us a little bit in this situation where it's like, hey, we we gotta we gotta nut up or shut up here. This is what we gotta do. We have to win this game, or else we might risk not making the World Cup. And we saw everyone shit on us four years ago for not making it. This is our time to to show not only the country. But the world that U.S. soccer isn't a laughing stock, even though it still partially is. Show that we can at least contend a little bit. Like, I mean, you don't got to make it out of the group stage, but just make it there, and I'll be happy. Oh, for sure. I mean, gee, well, actually, we should be making it out of the group stage. Uh, I'm going to dive off on a little tangent here. How come – a country with one of the largest world populations with athletes all over the dang place. I don't, I don't know if I buy the excuse that all of our athletes are playing football and basketball. I, I just don't agree. We have so many people in this country. Costa Rica can field a, a soccer team that reaches around the 16 and does well. I mean, it just, it just bugs the heck out of me. Even you look at like the Netherlands Sure, yeah, they don't have the basketball and like football we have, but they're a tiny country. Denmark, they do well in these world competitions. I just don't understand why we haven't even like gotten lucky and backed into one. You know, it's always stuck in my craw that that kind of struggle. I I think the main issue is the managerial aspect and the scouting aspect because I, I I guarantee you we're not. We don't have the, the young U.S. clubs that teams like Denmark or, or, or the Netherlands have where they're bringing in these 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and already preparing them to play at high-level soccer. I bet we're not doing that. I don't know exactly what we do do, um, but I'm assuming we don't do that. And we have not had a, a good series of, of solid managers who are known for anything outside of, of being the manager of U.S. soccer. I mean, we had, was it Jurgen Klinsmann? Yeah. It was good for West Germany when he played, but uh, not, not a great manager for the U.S. soccer team. I, I wonder, I think that you brought up a great point with the kind of the development. I almost wonder then, you know, so, okay, let's take, pretend you're 12. You know, you're 12. Um, U.S. soccer comes to you and says, hey, you know, why don't you come to an academy um, that we have set up? You just stay in there your entire teenage years. 
you know, for United States parent, I wonder if that's like, what's the security in that, you know, because here in the U.S. we value kids going to college so highly. And so it's like, okay, if you take this chance on U.S. soccer, is this going to get you somewhere? Like maybe it's one of those, what has to come first? Does, um, does world competition success obviously have to come for the neutral fans to say like, Hey, yeah, maybe this is worth it. You know, maybe they, maybe they can go play in Europe somewhere. I, I don't know. It's maybe just a theory to look into. Um, I mean, I would definitely say that development in recent years has been a lot better than it has been historically. Like we have a lot more players playing in yeah. Europe than we ever have before. Um, so I, they've definitely stepped up a little bit since then, but I mean, if, if they really want to consider contending, um, you're gonna have to go all out. And, and I mean, if I'm pitching to the parents, you, you gotta have some type of educational thing that happens along with the soccer, um, or football, um, for, for them to get to for the parents to, to jump on, on the board because, like you said, uh, university education is highly tallied in the U.S probably more than than most countries but even that there's statistics and political things i could get into not going to um but i feel like you could pitch that to someone under the right circumstances like if so if someone walked up to me when i was 10 years old like hey you join this club and someday you could be on the u.s men's soccer team i would be down for it in a heartbeat completely agree maybe we should pitch the idea Maybe we should pitch the idea of the U.S. soccer. Let, let's become ambassadors to U.S. soccer. That's what we're trying to do anyways on the podcast here. All right, so this is why the last two games are super, 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 super important that we don't get crushed by Mexico or it'd be great to pick up a point and that you have to win against Panama because if you don't, you are looking at your final game in the qualification cycle being on the road at Costa Rica, which is another house of horrors for this U.S. men's national team historically. And the last thing you want to do is ha be having to go into that game needing some specific result. We need to avoid that at all costs. It's going to be raucous there. They don't like us. The pitch always sucks ass. It's in horrible condition all the time, it's like playing in a third world country. I don't know if Costa Rica would be considered a third world country. Well, every country is a third world country because the Earth is the third planet in the solar system. Bang, bang. A little bit of knowledge there from Kellen. Anyways, anyways, our last game against Costa Rica, we won 2-1, and we dominated the game. It's 12 shots to four in favor of the United States. We Our possession was 64 to 36. That's outrageous. And that equated to us having – completed 644 passes to 372. That's a dominating performance in a game. Couldn't go any better. Um, Sergio Dest had a goal in that game. I love Sergio Dest, by the way. I hope he gets more time playing. Um, and then uh, Moriera, who I don't think I've seen since that game. So never even heard of the name. Maybe I'm a bad fan. I don't know. I thought that was random. Again, Kellen, I'll pass it to you. How big is this game and how important is it that we don't need a specific result 
concerned. Incredibly important. I think even if we if we manage to win the, the two previous games or draw win those two games, this is the last match before before we would enter any serious elimination competition. Like 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 if you leave on a note where you dominate Costa Rica in Costa Rica, that's gonna carry on. To, to when you play your group stage matches. So I even if it may even if the numbers may not say it's important to the team, the players, the managers, and to us, I would say it's an incredibly important match to win. Com- completely agree. So to, to overview really quickly for you guys, basically if the United States picks up a singular win in any of these games, they will be fine. It's just it just so happens to be that they're playing the three teams directly below them. So the pressure is going to mount with each game they don't achieve a desired result. So hopefully, you know, hopefully they win tomorrow in Mexico. It'd be fantastic. It's going to happen. No, we thought they were going to draw um, Panama. I see us getting a win in that game. I'm going to give us three points there. So we're through. And then Costa Rica, I could definitely see a draw. So I think it's going to be draw, win, draw. So I'm seeing it. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. Draw. Win. Win. Hell yeah, brother! That's what we like to see here, Kellen, U.S. Men's National Team super fan. Um, not I, true. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say I'm not. I haven't been looking into too much on who, if the United States did fall to fourth place, who they'd be playing out of Asia. Um, normally, it seems to be Australia or Japan. Recently, those have been the two teams playing there. But we'll update you. Probably, you know, by next by next Thursday, actually, because we will know the result after next Wednesday. How about that? And Kellen and I, we've talked about before getting together to watch a game. We need to. Maybe that Sunday game at seven is looking like our game right there. We'll looking see. Like it. We're we will see. But until then, guys, again, tune in Mexico tomorrow, 10 p.m. I'm sure it's on Fox. I haven't checked in, but most of these are on Fox. Mexico tomorrow, 10 p.m. Azteca. Sunday, 7 o'clock, home against Panama, and Wednesday, 9 o'clock, for all the marbles against Costa Rica. The final thing I'd like to touch on, to prove that we do live in a simulation, and soccer always brings us to that, right? Did you see that Russia is trying to bid for hosting the Euros right now? Amidst all the chaos, Russia has sent a bid to host an international soccer tournament I believe not this next upcoming one, but the following one. What the hell are they thinking? How is that even allowed? Weren't they banned from all international competition or something like that? I'm, I'm confused. I, that's exactly like the world's response to this whole thing, because they have not actually been said, no, you can't, or yes, this is fine. It's been like a reaction of, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how are you justifying any of this right now? So. That will be a story to follow for anyone who wants to get out there and read it. I'm sure I saw that. I'm going to assume the answer is going to be no. Oh, we um, need to hope so. Uh, I mean, we all know money speaks in FIFA, so they, could, they couldn't give enough money. But uh, hopefully there is no amount of money that FIFA would take to put the freaking euros in Russia. Yeah, I, I saw that at 9.30 this morning, so at 6 o'clock. This evening, I'm sure there's loads of stuff out on it right now. So maybe go ahead and look at it. But 
with that, that concludes our second ever episode of the Bar Down Podcast. We hopefully, hopefully this will start to get more organized and a little bit better. Um, but no, always love talking soccer with you, Kellen. Absolutely. Oh. And maybe as we progress, maybe my tie tying will get uh, more professional because right now it needs to stay I look like, right like that. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> it's freaking glorious. Oh, God, if Harry Kane wore a tie, that is Harry Kane's tie. <laughs> Anyways, with that, we will see you guys later. Have a great night. And tune in tomorrow, 10 p.m. Mexico, United States. Go Coys.